Welcome to the Knit British podcast. Knit British loves wool that's been grown, spun or dyed in the UK. And for this journey through all things British connected through wool and knitting, I am your host, Louise Scully. On today's episode, I have an update on the Knit Mastery app. I have my cast on and cast offs, some woolly news and all the usual shenanigans. So grab a whip, grab a drink and let's go. Welcome in. It's really lovely to be back again. Gosh, it just feels like this last two months have been an absolute whirlwind of, of podcasts and interviews and things. This is my normal podcasting slot. And uh, last week we had that special interview from Jameson's of Shetland. Thank you so very much for all the phenomenal feedback that you gave me on that. I know that it was really, really well received. I know that there are lots of you out there who just love your Shetland wool from Shetland wool shops and that both Jameson and Smith and Jameson's of Shetland are high prestige. And a lot of you got in touch to say how you had enjoyed that. And I was just in the shop uh, yesterday speaking to Lizzie and she was also saying that she'd uh, had some fantastic feedback so thank you so much and I'm so glad that it was enjoyed. I love doing interviews on Knit British especially when there is such a great story behind the interview and the company and <laughs> and I'm sure you'll agree that that warmth and enthusiasm was really really quite infectious and it was really lovely to listen to so thank you for those who got in touch to say how much you enjoyed that and I'm not on Facebook but there have been something like 500 shares of the podcast on Facebook in less than a week that's phenomenal I am not a Facebook fan you will probably have heard me say that before um, but I do have this little little sort of counter thing on on the blog that tells me where the blog's been shared and it's just gone mad over on Facebook so thank you all those people who've clicked um, to share and thank you to all the people who have who have recently subscribed to the podcast and uh, rated and reviewed similarly thank you so much that little click of a button might seem very insignificant but to me it's and I know to lots of podcasters and bloggers that means that means the world I actually bought some Jameson's yarn yesterday when I was in the shop. I'll tell you about that later on, though. So, again, welcome in, and a special hello to you if you're joining the podcast for the first time today. It's really great to have you join us, and you will find that there is a great online space in the Knit British Ravelry group where you will be able to say hello and introduce yourself and meet some of the other listeners and members of the group. I had somebody today tell me that they couldn't find Knit British on Ravelry, but we are there, definitely are there. Check out the podcast show notes. I always put a link to the Ravelry group in there. And of course, a big hello and welcome back to those of you who are joining me again. It's always lovely to have you around. So without further ado, let's get on with it. I have got some woolly news for you. 
And I should also mention that the podcat is rampaging around here. It's a rainy day and podcat does not like a rainy day because she refuses to go out, but instead stays in and gets a bit grumpy about things. So what are you doing, cat? The Highland Wool Festival is happening on Saturday the 23rd, that's this Saturday, may even be now as you listen. Uh, it's happening at the Dingwall Mart and you can expect to see demonstrations. Uh, there are fantastic vendors such as Helen from Ripples Crafts. Yarn Garden are going to be there, Shillsdale are going to be there, there's a great amount of uh, vendors and exhibitors so if you are in the highland area and you can get to dingwall on saturday then do go over uh, to that i was at it last year and it was very enjoyable ah wednesday the 27th of may at fluff in dundee nick from yarns from the plain is going to be having a trunk show from 2 till 8 p.m i'm very jealous that i can't go there there's going to be some fantastic yarn fumes in there i can just guarantee it and also on a woolly event horizon is the Leeds Wool Festival, which is happening on the 6th of June at Leeds Industrial Museum. Now, this is the second year uh, that this event has taken place and it's going to be jam-packed with wool and vendors and workshops and talks and demos. And you can find out all the information for this in the show notes, which you'll find at www.knitbritish.net forward slash ep hyphen 31. And don't forget, on the 2nd of June, the fantastic Brit Yarn is going to be opening its online store doors for your woolly pleasure. <laughs> you would have heard me mention this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but uh, Isla, who owns Brit Yarn, is putting the finishing touches to that online shop. I've had a little sneaky peek at it and it is fantastic. So get it into your favourites, www.brityarn.co.uk. You might remember uh, ooh, er an earlier podcast, early podcast, I spoke about the sheep sponsorship scheme at Shank End Farm in the Scottish Borders. And actually, I wrote some pieces about this for November last year as well. This year, I have sponsored a sheep in the their sponsorship scheme. And it's very exciting. And in return for my sponsorship fee, I receive uh, four newsletters. And I also get the sheep's fleece once it's been shorn. And I just love this idea of getting a feel for the whole process. If you love wool and you love knitting or spinning or any kind of fibre arts, this is a fantastic journey to go on because you get to know something about the animal whose fleece you get to use. But you also get a fantastic insight into the shepherding year and the kind of work that Kate, who runs the farm, has to undertake. And I did want to sponsor a light fleeced sheep because I have this idea of sponsoring a sheep, then have it spun, learn to dye, uh, dye my yarn and have it knitted and do a lovely sheep to garment sort of year on Knit British. 
and hence why I wanted a light colour fleece because of the, the dye element. But when I looked at this, the, the animals that were available for sponsor at Shank End, I sort of saw this one little yow and thought, that's the one for me. And the sheep that I sponsored is called the Bairn, or the Bairn. Um, we say, sort of say Bairn in Shetland, but the Bairn. Go into the show notes and have a look at the pics, because she is so cute. If a sheep can be cute in a, in a really non-creepy way, then this is a cute sheep. She's even got a little smile on her face. Um, she's a Hebridean yow hog, and the Bairn was born last May. So I just saw her wee face, and I was sort of done for. <laughs> I'm also a big The Bruins fan, and the name really jumped out at me. Uh, anyone who isn't aware of The Bruins, put your hand up. Okay, the Bruins are a, f a cartoon family created at DC Thompson's uh, in Dundee and they appear in the Sunday Post, or they used to appear, I don't know if they still appear in the Sunday Post newspaper, and every year there was a Bruins annual, or one year there was the Bruins, one year there was Urwilly, and the Bruins were this family uh, who lived in a extended family in sort of an any tune kind of place, uh, Scotland. And uh, they lived with uh, mum and dad. There was um, the brothers, Joe, Hen and Horace. And the, there's the twins, two boys. There's Daphne and Maggie. Glamorous Maggie and Daphne, who tries to be glamorous. And then there's the Bairn. And they also live with grandpa. And they were... One of my favourite things to do when I was younger, and I always just love getting the Bruins annual every other year. My sister would get Urwilly, and I would get the Bruins, and so I liked the idea of the Bairn. That that was a that I totally digressed there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> love the Bruins, and hence saw the Bairn, and thought, yeah, I'm having the Bairn. And I sponsored the Bairn and I've just got my first newsletter and I'm absolutely blown away actually by the amount of work and information that Kate has put into this considering she has a 60 acre farm to look after and has been uh, doing lambing at two other nearby farms. That This is a 10 page newsletter. Of course I'm not going to go into the details of it because it's unfair to other sponsors and really if you want to know uh, more information then that you, you can find out uh, and maybe sponsor in the next round of sponsorships but I'm absolutely blown away and there's a great amount of information about the farm and about Kate's job and we get pictures of some of the new lambs and get to know their story and it's lovely. There aren't any sheep at the moment to sponsor. I think that I think there might be. I'm not promising anything but I think Kate said that there may be more to be added. The best place to find out if there's going to be any more sponsorships this year is the Shank End group on Ravelry. I'm really excited about finding out more about the Bairn and um, you can even go to Shank End and visit your, your sheep. So you never know, I might get the chance to visit uh, later in the year. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm really interested to know what the fleece is like and uh, I hear that the first sheet of a Hebridean is very, very soft indeed. So it'd be interesting to see if that's true. So I will keep you updated on uh, the Baron, and no doubt when I get my next round of 
uh, photos and newsletter, then I'll share those pictures with you. I do think it's an absolutely fantastic programme and it would be great to see more of these happening in the UK where you can sponsor sheep, contribute to its uh, upkeep and um, for a year and learn a little bit about where that sheep comes from and the work that goes on in, in that on that farm and getting a fleece at the end of it is fantastic. <laughs> cast on, cast off. Well, there hasn't been anything cast off, um, but there's been plenty of casting on going on and I don't know why. <laughs> so I have my Hansel Hap for the Hap Along and that is going great guns. We This week we have now over 400 projects taking part in the Hapalong, which is awesome. Just so awesome. And I have, last time I spoke to you, I was I was just about to start the old shale border and I started that. You do 50 rounds of the old shale and in the pattern it gives you so, uh, a sort of an indication on how to split your colours, how many rows you should do for each colour but I decided that in my infinite wisdom that I'm going to do it slightly differently. I've got three colours for the border and I'm doing 18 rows of each colour. I think that's right. <laughs> and um, I'm really enjoying it. The only bit problem was I had a bit of a hap horror and realised that I had botched up one corner, completely and utterly botched it up, uh, where there's supposed to there's supposed to be a yo knit stitch yo configuration at every corner, um, and the my corner where my uh, start start of the round is was just a horror. It was just horrific. There was just no yo knit yo. It was just a yo barf. <laughs> but I managed to sort it out and I could see where my centre knit stitches had started to be and then it had gone awry so I managed to uh, rectify it and I think once it's blocked it'll look fine, I'm, she says. <laughs> I'm sure it will. The yarn I'm using is just to die for. It's Natural Dye Studio yarn. The centre panel is a cream colour and it's Exmoor and Alpaca and then I am using a, a light grey colour as the first, it's a, sort of a light lilac grey colour uh, as the first section of the border. Then a purple which is Wensleydale and Polworth, no Wensleydale and Pole Dorset and then I've got a grey which has got alpaca in it and it's really really lovely I'm just I've just enjoyed knitting it so much it's a knit that well when you're doing the central central panel it's really just you can just tv knit it tv knit it's it's lovely and garter stitch is my favorite so I love doing that and it took nearly 200 grams of four ply for the center so it's going to be a big a big hap and yeah, I'm really enjoying it. But every now and again, I just take a break from it because doing large sections of old shale or our large sections of any sort of anything with like a long repeats in it, I don't want to botch it up. So I sort of do quite a few and then I leave it to one side. But what do you do when you're resting one hap? 
oh, you just knit on another because <laughs> you'll remember a couple of episodes ago I said that I had started knitting another shawl when I was in Glasgow uh, using the yarn pony yarn. I just cast on one stitch and was doing a sort of central path, central triangle with the yos at either side. And I said, it'll either be a ist light or a simmer dim. And I've decided that it's going to be a simmer dim. And what I was going to do was I was just going to use it as travel knitting because I've got a couple of trips away over the next wee while. And I thought that will be a great travel knitting project. It's not going to be too big like my full hap. So I had to kind of put it to one side and then then I found its way into my bag and I found that I was knitting on it in the on the bus <laughs> all this week on the way to work and back again. So it's actually getting a lot more work done on it than I intended to. I was going to wait till I'd finished my other hat really before I got cracking with that one. So it's lovely knit. I'm really enjoying it. I love the Yarn Pony yarn of which sadly is no longer available and so I've knit the central triangle and I've picked up the stitches around the edge and yeah, we'll just see how it goes and um, I'll maybe keep it for my my uh, bus bus knitting. <laughs> yeah, one of my colleagues who doesn't knit laughed at me for, for saying it was a good bus knitting project. She went, what? Bus, bus knitting? I was like, oh, you don't know. <laughs> I am also knitting, still knitting, Mama Vertebrae which it, I'm knitting in Skeen Queen voluptuous yarn in the ver, uh, Verdigris colourway. And I've just about got, it's a top-down pattern for anyone who hasn't seen the Mama Vertebrae pattern. I'm just about to split for the arms, actually. it's. Uh, I'm thinking there's a bit too much ease in there, but it does say that there's a lot of ease in this pattern, so I'm not going to worry too much about that. So, yeah, so that's another another thing. And then... I also, because I can't help myself, evidently, I bought the new Andy Satterland cardigan pattern the other day that was released called Vianne and went into Jimison's and bought myself a few balls of double knit uh, Shetland in the mermaid colourway to make that. When I'm going to find a chance to make that because after this cal, there could be another cal coming up on Knit British. So, <sighs> goodness only knows. I think I'm going to be coming up for a whip assessment very soon. Do you remember I talked about this before? That every now and again I get all the whips out and I lay them all out in the floor. And I sort of... I sort of assess them by, by how much I... I um, love them or not and if I've lost the love for them then unfortunately they have to get frogged. So I do feel a whip assessment coming up so I'm going to have to knit fast on these things that I do love. I mean I really like to be strict with myself and as a general rule of thumb have no more than three whips on the go but I know there are whips lurking. I know I've got a chunky cardigan somewhere and I know that I've got a couple of cowls so it's getting a bit out of hand, chaps. It's getting a bit out of hand here at K KBHQ. <laughs> but yeah, so plenty of casting on and no casting off. So I need to sort of try and remedy that and have some good knitting time this weekend if possible. <laughs> Let's do some hellos. We've got some new kids in the Knit British group this week. In fact, we've got 
quite a lot of new kids in the Knit British group this week, so a big hi and hello to everyone in the Knit British Ravelry group. But uh, the new kids in particular are Mandy from Warrington, East Road Knits from Pennsylvania, Zara D from Devon, Holly Knit One, who is Michelle from the UK, and Shona MCM, who's also from the UK. And over in the hellos thread, I want to read out a quick couple of messages. Um, ooh, there was a big move. <laughs> there was a big movement in the loft there. I just, I don't know if, it, if the microphone picked up. The lovely fella has been doing a bit of work in our loft, and we know that quite often mice like to frequent our loft and thankfully they never come out of the loft because we've got the podcast but every now and again I hear a scuttle and I just it just drives me bonkers <laughs> I hate mice uh, right let's see who is in the the hello thread in the British group we've got Muir and Co who's Debbie from Highlands hello I live in a fairly remote and rural area in the northwest Highlands I have knitted on and off since I was a child but I just learned to crochet a couple of years ago I started listening to podcasts after a trip to the EYF and was inspired to cast on a hat and challenge my knitting skills I'm completely new to forums but I really like the way you can feel connected through social media yeah you really can feel connected through social media I love social media and, and travel it's great uh, Debbie for for feeling part of a community it was so nice of you to join in with the chat in the Knit British group we've got Greenhouse Girl who says hello I'm Helen and I just found your podcast and I'm really enjoying it I like listening to podcasts and the radio whilst knitting which is every spare moment that I can I'm a gardener in North Yorkshire by day knitter, sewist and baker by night and there's just not enough hours in the day or Tell me about it. <laughs> really good to hear from you, uh, Helen. Sam ate my yarn, says, I couldn't resist any longer. I tried to hold out. I have too many whips and plans for projects already. However, I kept seeing lovely haps on Instagram and also, inspired by the po- podcast, I had to join in. Chose some Jameson's online and ordered some grey with an orange-white and another grey for the border bit. That's fantastic. Sam ate my wool. You are Kirsten from Duns. That's lovely. That's brilliant. Thanks for joining in. And we've got Seven Furs. Hello, I'm Catherine from London originally, but for the last eight months I've been living in Ankara in Turkey. I love the podcast. The focus on supporting British yarns makes it really interesting. Whenever I've been home to visit, I've made sure to leave space in my suitcase to top up my stash. I'd love to find out more about the local yarn industry here in Turkey, but it's pretty challenging when I don't really speak the language. Angora goats that produce mohair are named for Ankara, so I get the feeling that there must be some yarn producers here somewhere. I'm still working on it, so hopefully I'll have some interesting local yarns here soon. Thanks for a lovely podcast. It makes me feel closer to home, and to get the yarning news from the UK really brightens up my week. Oh, thank you so much, Catherine. That's lovely, and we would love to hear about the knit local wool scene in Turkey and in Ankara. We'd love to hear about that. That's that's fascinating. Before I go, I wanted to give you a little update. You might remember that Kathy Scott came on Knit British a few weeks ago to talk about her new chart app that she's developing for iOS called Knit Mastery, which enables you to modify charts on your own devices and gadgetry. Uh, She dropped me a line this week to say that she had great feedback from the Edinburgh Yarn Festival where she was 
holding demos and appeared in the podcast lounge um, with a demo of the app. There's no release date yet, but the good news is that once the iOS app is out, hot on its heels will be an Android version too, which is really good news because I know a lot of people were keen for there to be an Android version as well. In a few minutes, you can listen to Kathy giving designer Claire Devine and myself the demo at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. And we both got quite excited about that upcoming software. I know it's audio and you can't see the charts, but Kathy does an excellent job of describing the software and what's happening. If you've been scared to try charts in the past, if you've avoided patterns because they've had charts, if you like knitting from charts but would like to adapt them to your own specific preferences, this is going to be a really helpful tool for you and you should listen into this because it's really, really interesting. There will be much more information on this when I can give it to you, I promise that. And as I say, it's a, it's a very exciting prospect and there's been a, a good little bit of buzz about uh, Knit Mastery since Edinburgh Yarn Festival, so that's fantastic. I am going to leave you with that interview. I will be back in a couple of weeks with another episode and there's going to be something new. And that's all I can say at the moment. There's going to be something new and exciting for Knit British and something that's been in the pipelines for quite a while. One of those cards I've been playing close to my Knit British chest. (laughs) Do join me next episode to hear all about that. And I hope you'll be excited as I am at the prospect of it, whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) until then thank you very much for listening and I will leave you with myself Kathy Scott and Claire Devine talking knit mastery just a word of warning that there is background noise where we recorded in the podcast lounge here we are uh, with Kathy Scott and Claire Devine and Kathy's going to give us the the rundown of her new uh, app knit mastery fantastic knit mastery so Kathy give us Give us the spiel. Okay, so hello, uh, Claire and Louise. Hello. Um, it's a rough app at the minute. It's not ready for release, but hopefully it'll give you a flavour of what you can do. So um, I'm just going to show you a chart. Now this is um, the chart that's from the festival, the Spring Festival pattern, the free pattern from Joe. I, I know this one very well. Yes, yeah. I edited it. You edited it. <laughs> <laughs> so it comes like this with no colours or anything in it, and it's just a plain. I've put it into the into the app, mm-hmm. um, and the magic starts really when. Um, you realise that you can actually zoom in and out. It's a vector graphic. Wow. You can track the progress in the app um, if you just want to go into knitting mode. And um, if you press the up button, so there's a highlighted bar and the, the rest of it becomes just slightly faded. So it really shows you what the, the active row is. And you can just follow along that line really easily and not lose your place. But you can still along. read below, which I think is really crucial because one of the problems of covering things up is that you don't read your knitting because you've covered up, so you can still see, which is genius. Exactly, and you know, if you go out of there and back in, it'll remember the place that you're at. Unlike okay. the post-it note, which will probably fall off the page. Yeah, I speak okay. from experience Me too. Now, um, so it's completely white at the minute, and I'm fine with that. But I know that some knitters like to have 
knit two together as a blue oh, and their SSKs are green or you know whatever color that, that, that is their favorite mm-hmm. and actually wouldn't it be great if you could just do that within the app so that's what you can do and so I'm just going to start editing that that chart oh, wow. and for example here's my pearl three together and I'm just going to make it uh, well that's a lilac okay that's fine I'll maybe change it to a blue I like the blue better maybe I'll just a blue fantastic and as I've pressed on the key and changed that color all of the pearl three togethers in the chart have changed to blue with one press of the button um, that is that's just so, it's so genius yeah. this is exactly what I teach when I teach beginners lace is I teach get two highlighters highlight the right this way and the left leaning that way highlight your chart it will make it so much easier to read so yeah. this is perfect yeah and then you can start um, knitting from that chart straight away and the colors are there for you and not only that, but you can actually then say, well, actually, I'll, just, I'll stick with those colours. Those are my colours I like for that. I'll, I'll always remember that my pearl three together is that blue. Yeah. So if there's several charts in, a, in one pattern, you only need to do it once, and all of your charts will come up with that colour. That's brilliant. And not only that, but, you know, it'll remember it for all Stitch Mastery charts, if that's how you tell it to, to work. So, you know, two years down the line, you're doing another lace chart, you'll still be working from blue as a, your pearl three togethers. That's fantastic. That is just so, it's so good for visual learners and it's such a massive, it's brilliant. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, let's look at another feature that I was up till two o'clock last night. Oh, okay. (laughs) And this this. is really rough, this feature, but it gives you a little flavour for what I could do in the future. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking particularly knitters who have never knit from a chart before. Mm -hmm. So you might not be a beginner. You might be a really advanced knitter and be used to knitting from written instructions but you don't know where to start with a chart. And this will just give you a guided view through the chart that you want to knit. So not just any old chart, but your chart that you want to knit. And um, so let's just open up a chart with that on it. Now, it's really rough at the minute, but it'll give you a flavor. And basically for row 23 here, it starts on the row, the row number is on the right hand side mm-hmm. which tells you that it's a right side row and you're going to read it from the right to the left now that's not a thing that comes naturally to learn to no. do it's something that you've got to learn this is a convention in charts and so this will guide you through that and come up and say well actually the row that you've selected starts you by reading from the right hand side and i'll show you where to start with it i'll show you the first stitch fantastic so you press a button that says next and it comes and highlights where <laughs> you start <laughs> oh man so the people who are who stay away from some patterns because they are charted this yeah. is this is the thing for that you it know will, to, it will, to teach yeah. you how to appreciate a chart and make it work for you i mean okay i've done it really roughly right now um i'm I'm clicking on the next button and the kind of the highlighted stitch is going across the row and showing you how you do it. Um, it's showing you that when you hit the red line, it'll come up and say, oh, this is a repeat line. It's the beginning of a repeat here. That's fantastic. That red line means that there's a stitch repeat thing happening. Yeah. So you knit through until you get to the red line um, at, at, at the other end of the repeat. Mm-hmm. So actually what you do then is you go back to the beginning of the repeat and it's going to jump through for you and do that. Awesome. So wow. it's going to give you a really personal guided way exactly how you knit that one particular chart. That is so perfect. And I, I think what's really crucial for learners from teaching people is the, having the written and the symbol together and having that association because that's 
it, I often say to people, have your chart, have your written instructions and use them interchangeably until you become confident enough to just use your chart. And this is what you've got. You've got the visual reference, you've got the words, you've got the detailed instructions. It's as a teaching tool, it's fantastic. Well, you know, Claire, I've been looking at your tea collection pattern, or patterns, I yes. should say, and I just think they're perfect for beginner knitters. I think they're perfect for people to, to learn to read a chart. They're perfect little projects, simple charts, and I just think all of your patterns would look superb in this. And I'd love to have oh, you. Oh, I'd love to. Be. I love it. Oh, because one of the things that I really I enjoy about um, doing patterns is helping people to sort of develop their skills. It's one of the key things that I always think about is how can you take your knitting to another level? People are often intimidated by things and I've learned through like working at Ginger Twist that it just takes a tiny little thing and someone takes another step and another step and often it's just, you just want something to make your life a little bit easier and this is, this is genius. This is so, oh, it's brilliant, fantastic. I'm over the moon. I think it's wonderful. Okay, so there's another another bit of it. Um, I don't. You don't do many colour work charts, though, do you? But no. I okay. might be after this. So this is a colour work chart. Mm -hmm. And you know the designer has uh, picked a colour work palette. They've knit the sample and the photographs are in that colourway, and that's fine. You could knit. Yeah. Often people like the exact same colours that the designer has chosen, but people are you know go pick their own colours. They've come up with something that they like. But then, as, if you're knitting from the pattern, you've got to do all that reversing of the colours in your head as you're yeah. knitting along. How about if you could just change the colours to suit the colours you're knitting from? So that's exactly what you can do. <laughs> so suppose I hadn't got that green, I'd got a different colour, and, I'd, and I'd, so I can just change that to a blue. And then wow. um, go and knit from that. This and again, the same thing, I've got my highlighted row but because it's um, a highlighted row for the active row, you're not messing with the colours in any way, you're no. not masking the colours. Yeah. Um, and it's very easy to track your, light, your eye across the line to read the colours. This is fantastic. This is really a really helpful tool. It it's is. Just and the fact that I think it's going to, we were saying this before, like there's a bit of a new interest now in colour work. And mm. cabling as well, but colour work, especially with Felix's yeah. book and classes. And the fact that already you can design things from your inspiration, you can put, put in your own colours of what you're actually knitting into your pattern and seeing it like yeah. that. I was just thinking you could play around with it at home, you'd exactly. be like, oh, put that next to that, yeah. what do you think? Exactly, and so at the moment um, what you can do is you're, you've got one way of picking the colour, it's just from a colour wheel, so it's, right. you can pick any colour you like. Um, but what I, to, a couple of years ago was at Shetland Wool Week, and um, there's a couple of uh, very famous uh, wool companies based in Shetland. So there's Jameson's of Shetland and there's Jameson and Smith. And I, I, I'm a bit ashamed to admit that it's two years, more than two years now, since I took photographs of all their yarns so that I could... Um, Brilliant! <laughs> um, so what about if instead of just picking from uh, any colours and colour wheel, you actually had a palette that said, OK, I've got Jameson yarn and you pick and say I want F42 or whatever the colour code is for Jameson's yarn and, and, you, and it came up and told you that that was F42 in the key and that the colour, you know, you didn't have to work out what the RGB, the, the, the exact colour code was to get the colour on the screen. That um, is fantastic. This and is, I was just thinking, it would be so nice if you could just put in Jameson's numbers and there you go. <laughs> well, why would you have to work it out? Why not just have one person work it out and then everybody yeah, can use that? It's fantastic. It's just... It's going to revolutionise so many knitters, I think. It really is. 
it's really user friendly as well. One yeah. of the things I've noticed is I've, it, it just works. It just seems to work very intuitively, and it's not felt like clunky. Sometimes you can get. I've had all sorts of bits and pieces of software, and I just end up not using them because they're quite clunky. Well, that's exactly why I'm here. I mean, I'm here. I've not come with um, a finished, if actually not that polished, I think it could be made a lot nicer. But I'm here really to gain so much feedback from knitters and talk to knitters. And I think that's how you make a good app is to listen to the people that are going to use it. And if people tell me, oh no, that's no good, you could do this, and I'll listen to them yeah. and, and make yeah. it so. It's wonderful. And as a designer who uses Stitch Mastery and a tech editor who edits in Stitch Mastery, it's so nice to know that knitters will then be able to link up with the same charts that we've got and, and the, sort of the same tools that we've got to use to sort of enhance their knitting. It's brilliant. Thanks for listening to the Knit British podcast. To find out more, visit www.knitbritish.net. You can email me louise at knitbritish.net. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at knit underscore British and I'm on Ravelry as Lyra. You can listen to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher Radio and knitbritish.net.